You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Making Waves. All right, well, welcome to Making Waves. I think episode 32, Chad, is that where we're at these days? 32? Yeah, I've counted them on all 32. five of my hands. Listen, well, this is a great episode, guys. We have a Shiprocked favorite um, with us. Uh, please welcome singer, songwriter, and frontman of the band Joyous Wolf. This is Nick Reese. Welcome, Nick. Nick is, Nick is waving, so hello, everyone. Hello. Um, hello. Hey, but listen, thank you for giving us your Wednesday evening. We do appreciate it. I guess it's afternoon out there in, in Noel, Southern California. Um, yeah, I, I had a really busy schedule. I had to, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, That's you guys amazing. are in the middle of something. You guys are recording a full-length album. Working and, on uh, it. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Nice way, nice way to, uh, you know, since, since you guys kind of came on the scene, you a couple of EPs, including, I guess, the new thing right now is a Mother Rebel EP. Mm-hmm. What uh, what can you tell us right now? What's going on with the album? Where you guys are at with that? What can people expect? Uh, we're right now we're pretty much almost done writing it. I think uh, yeah, we're we're really getting there, and uh, and then sessions should start fairly soon. So, do you guys it, plan on recording it, down uh, in Orange County? Or are you gonna? Uh, we're gonna be in out somewhere. Okay, well, close enough. Is this going to follow kind of in uh, in line with what you guys have done before? This you you guys have a certain sound. It's and if you don't mind me saying, it's kind of this MC Five meets Southern Rock with a lot of Motown and some other it's, influences that's, that's, in there. It's a cool it's a cool uh, description. I like that one. Uh, little, little little Detroit, little Muscle Shoals, and a little uh, well, I guess a little bit more Detroit with the old Motown thing going on. So yeah, I think I think I think there's going to be a very significant shift. Uh, from what we've done to what we're doing now. Um, I think uh, it's definitely, we're, we're just, we've just kind of grown a lot. And, and I don't know, the first EP, there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen as far as like just what was influencing why we did this or that. And this time it's really just kind of been on our own terms. And I think you're going to, it's going to be very different. I honestly think. We're talking about like Afro bounce. We going straight up to uh, some new, putting some New Orleans in that, or what? It won't. It won't be. Uh, it won't be place and time, and it won't be. It won't be anything that we've done so far. It'll. It'll. It, it's just kind of a more. Um, I guess maybe a more alternative feel to it. Right on. Well, I'm excited about it. As Justin said, being not just yeah, a I mean, favorite, but I, I've I seen mean, play I, I don't. Festival I'm, circuits is great. Yeah, I, I think too. I mean, obviously, we always talk about time shifting bands' parameters and maybe what their sound is, or your, even your just your own personal taste of influences. And 2019 doesn't seem like a long time ago, but in essence, two, three years in a band's life is it's those are dog years. Yeah, you know, like uh, it's we've we're just in a different spot, you know, much different spot than we were then. And I think, uh, really, just speaking for myself, I think like. I really get to be myself for the first time and I'm, you know, very, very happy about that. 
That's great. Well, you, I mean, not to not to like compound too far uh, ahead of the uh, charge here, but did you feel like you couldn't be yourself before at some point in time? I, mean, I feel like there was such a, a young band. I can understand that. I think there was just a lot of like pressure <laughs> and and having to be a certain way and uh, do certain things because of the community that we, you know, we kind of fell into. And I think I thought I've had a lot of time to think about that, you know, and it's like, is that me or is that just something I made up? And ultimately it's just a character that I made, you know, for our stage show and everything back then. And now things are just a lot different. I'm really in a place where I feel like, okay, I just, I don't want to do that anymore. I I just kind of want to do, uh, whatever i want <laughs> and um not saying it's like it it's gonna be like night and day like or whatever but i i feel like i'm much more myself i feel like i'm singing like myself i feel like i'm writing what i want to write about and as opposed to like trying to accommodate a lot of things which i felt was happening a lot during like place and time I was just going to say square through the circle. I've been through it, man. Uh, it's nothing. There's nothing more freeing than putting your edges back on. Um, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. When you talk about growth and being yourself and things that are expected of you, I want one thing I want to ask about you guys are in a relatively short amount of time. You guys have been known as this really blazing live band. Um, yeah. not, not only from just a actual musical and performance style vocals and playing, but obviously you're, gymnastics uh of sorts yeah. um is that something still something people can expect from you as a live person even though you're kind of changing i mean will you always kind of have that james brown kind of flair to you i think dancing is is natural to me that that's something i think that's the way that i do my shows are going to be different um you know in the past it was all about you we just making it so that the crowd would remember you yes. know, because it's the first time they they know you. It's the first time anyone knows you. You have no music released to speak of. And somehow you have to make them not forget you. Mm-hmm. And that was my whole MO. Like, the you know, from since like 2017 to like the end of 2019 was just strictly that. And I don't know. I think I just with this time away, I'm just like, OK, I want to do things differently. I mean, I'll always be dancing. I'll always be. That's just that's a part of me to being a bit extra. Uh, I like to put on a show, but I think the way I do it um, is going to be different. Yeah, it's so exhausting. it is I'm Afro bounce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, it's a reggae there, album. Not that I want to get there just yet, but since we're talking about your stacing, you mentioned that how people are remembering you, uh, Nick. I remember the first time we had you on the deck stage at Shiprock, and you started climbing the lighting rig, which we all were like, that is super impressive, super scary, and yeah, that's going to stick in our minds. So yeah, bravo, job well done. Well, that was, like, <laughs> like I said, that was, always, that was always the goal. I didn't care. Sure. Sure. I mean, again, I'm, I'm still banned from Los Rages Festival for life after uh, the stunts I pulled there. And, uh, but that was great because the, the, the best part about that was we got a ton of press for it, you know, and people just through the grapevine talked about how crazy it was because it was like mm-hmm. 
it was like six stories high. <laughs> yeah. In my in my dress shoes, you know, and people were in silver lame pants. Um, so yeah, I, well, I, I think it's just the insurance company they're worried about. Yeah, well, I mean, it was it was it was it was fine because um because of that every festival we played after that you know it was consecutive it was Rockville, Carolina Rebellion, Northern Invasion, Rock on the Range, all, all four in a row, and every single festival our crowd just got better, at, because yeah. of what happened in uh in las vegas because people just wanted to see if i would do it again and i didn't <laughs> because yeah. i didn't need to yeah it's kind of like eddie vetter eddie used to do that in the first album and then nowadays he still puts on a really great i mean ultimate frontman kind of stuff but there's no need longer to this, this thing now to basically set yourself on fire in order to do it so <laughs> yeah i mean i mean you know that was always something that i heard which bothered me profusely because it was like i'm just doing this so that people look i'm not doing this to invoke like imagery of the past or whatever i'm just doing this because i want you to remember and whether that's because it reminds you of something or it's brand new it doesn't matter to me um but yeah just this kind of i think i was saying earlier is like i feel like i feel like this will be the first time where someone listens to me say maybe for like our last single we put out where people can hear me as opposed to like whoever was trying to like push me, Hey, you should be like a little, throw a little bit of that in or a little bit of this. And it's like, this feels like, okay, I'm just doing what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, one thing before I hand you to Chad real quick, I, I Chad, I'm sorry. I just had this thought. You talk about finding your own voice. I, I'll tell you one person, I was listening again to some of your stuff and there's a song called feel the low and I can't help. And, and this is all respect to you. I can't help but not think of Jeff Buckley when I hear you sing that song. That's a major compliment. I've never thought of myself to be much of a of a of a Buckley uh, sound alike. Well, I was listening. I was listening to Grace last week, and then I it was still so fresh in my mind again. And then when I listened to that track, came on, I was like, Jesus, God, man, that's that's pretty damn close. So I just want to let you know that some people, you know, myself, I'm hearing things uh, when I, I know. Hear I mean, voice, I, so. I have no problem yeah. with people when people do it stuff like that. I'm just saying there was a point where. It was almost like expected of me to behave a certain way or to sure, do sure. certain things. And I was like, it's just because I can do it doesn't mean it's what I want to do. And that's like the difference. It's like, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to do it? And I figured that out, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, the, I could, I mean, I can relate to everything you're saying on, on a numerous levels through my, uh, trials and tribulations of uh, the music career. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because you just, you you kind of segued into it perfectly. Are you referring to Mother Rebel, the last single that you guys put out? Or uh, when you Odyssey. say the, Odyssey. So so I have it, uh, sorry, I have it written down as, because uh, I listened to, the, to it to make sure I had it all, but so Odyssey, then Mother Rebel, or Mother Rebel, then Odyssey? Well, technically, Mother Rebel came out on Place and Time, our EP, and it was right, re-released right. because it went mm -hmm. to it just out of nowhere. Radio uh, radio station here in LA, KLOS, I'm yeah. sure you're familiar with, uh, picked it up and out of the blue for no reason that we really know about. And uh, from there, it went to a bunch of other stations, and it ended up on Octave, and we had a good run with it. And so, because of that, we're like, hey, let's just put it out again with the live version we did, and and just that it would, you know, it was just something to kind of fill in the blank, you know, a little compilation of something, some stuff that was left over. 
Yeah. And, I mean, that's, uh, a, that's the fucking best situation you could actually hold for, especially during these times where like, you know, you're writing and you need something to talk about. And then it happens for, for you capitalizing on it. And when I say capitalizing on it, I mean like moving your own internal engines, not the financial versions of, of what it is, but like, you know, those happy accidents. I can only yeah, imagine I mean, kind of I mean, it did a lot for us. It, it, it gave us a lot of credibility, I think. And um, it turned a lot of heads uh, where it mattered. And that really played into why, you know, we feel we're feeling so great about the record we're making now is because I feel like it gave us a lot of freedom. It gave people it gave a lot of uh, trust, you know, and what we were doing. And um you know, now as we're kind of nearing the end of the initial process of just writing the record, you know, um, and then again, probably like, you know, get into the studio like really soon. Um, it's really cool because I couldn't be happier with what's going on now, like what we're doing now, what, the sound that we've developed and that will be present on the new album and uh, really kind of introducing ourselves to the world for the first time, at least in my opinion like this will really be the first time that you'll hear joyce wolf as a band as a unit as what we are and i think that's gonna be really cool can i ask you a question and it might be a little bit too uh no you know too too exposed yeah uh what (laughs) never uh, never mind Uh, so i wanted to ask you one thing particular because you mentioned something about what other people wanted you to do or or suggested or potentially maybe just said you could achieve b if you do a right so um when you're putting the calculations together do, do you feel like that was put because you're, you're on roadrunner or at least that record came out on Roadrunner. i don't know the future of your career is we're, obviously, we're but, we are, yeah. okay so I, I mean i you know just having a lot of years inside of that industry lane and, and being through those mechanics of like well we love you and if we work with this producer right? We would definitely think that you're going to come out with an incredible product. And then you get in that situation, you're like, this is dog shit. Uh, uh, and I have no control anymore. Ultimately, I'm stuck in dog shit lane. Where do you feel like the disc? Sometimes it's not like that. And most of the times nowadays, it can be the betterment of the artist because you do have a little bit more control with streaming you like you just like you saw what happened your your radio went to yeah. triple you know song went to triple a radio without the label you know at yeah. that point in time it's like you know that's hard <laughs> so where do you feel like the disconnect kind of happened or started to happen i mean it, well i don't know if it, i just don't think they i don't it wasn't like someone walking up to us and saying like hey you should do this it was never like that there were very there were very few moments in my career where i can really think of something like that there was just a lot of pressure I think because one, we had extremely little time. Like we we wrote that EP and tracked it in probably three weeks. Okay. Like not, and that's not even total days. Probably if you added it all up, it's probably somewhere within twelve days, ten days. And we came, we just came off of Fall Run in twenty eighteen, and it was like, can't wait to hear the new music. And we were all like, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we didn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, and again, but there was a good thing to that because you know there's a lot. There are songs I really love. I feel like I don't like the music that we made. It was more like the the conditions just weren't ideal, and um, and the and the and the again, you know, we worked with uh, Howard Benson, and 
it was great because he taught us a lot of great stuff. But I think ultimately there was just a lot. Of, there were too many cooks in the kitchen, too many outside people getting involved, you know, especially with the original mix and all this other stuff. Like um, we weren't super cool with, you know, but it wasn't like anyone like held a gun to us and said we had to do anything a certain way. It was just kind of that aura of like, OK, what are you expecting? And you just want to please, you know, it's that early stage and you just want to please. And that's what all I was. I just want to please, you know. And it's not like I don't like the record. I just don't think it's it's representative of like of a style that I mean our, our style completely. I think it's I think it's limited because it one it's an EP and it's short, you know. And but I think ultimately it had to go. It was good that it went that way because I don't think we were ready for that for what we wanted to do yet. Anyways, I mean after that we went on the craziest touring we ever did, and we did 120 shows in like seven months. And it was just nonstop and uh, which I'm thankful for because again, you know how busy 2020 turned out to be. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm glad we did that. And in that time period, you know, we just toured, our, we toured until we hated it, you know, and we were all exhausted and ready to go home. But all of that kind of redefined how we played as a unit, because, you know, when you play together, you know, you play together that much and we had never done any kind of touring to that extent. You know, we had done a couple of weeks here and there and then we'd stop and, and do a couple more weeks, but this was just like, you know, like across multiple tours, you know, it was like we did 88 shows with Buck Cherry, seven with Slash and then uh, 33 with Deep Purple. Damn. And it, it was just like, Wow, by the time that we got to the end of that, we were just spent. And but again, you know, when you play your music that much, you, you get a kind of a look at like, do I like do I like how this is? Is this how I want things to be, you know, and how I want to sing, how I want you learn a lot about yourself in, in those periods. And we learned a lot. And, you know, taking that into, you know, what we're doing now, plus, you know, the world being shut down and really all of us having nothing much else to do except write so you know we we used it as you know make it into lemonade you know yeah yeah hey, i mean encouraging to hear sorry justin i was just gonna say is it was encur it's encouraging to hear the lemonade referenced after all that because there's a lot of young bands who've been through that when i say young bands i mean like your like you said your first tour touring uh, extravaganza like that who after the words there's not a one of the members is gone right or you come home and you're like nope that's not what my hype, what I dreamed about when I was a child, you know, yeah. putting your nose down and finding the lemonade is huge. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. We're, 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 we're tough. You know, we're not, you know, we, we knew what we signed up for and, and it's hard sometimes, but again, those are learning experiences. Like, you know, next time it's like, you know, two months max. And then we want like, you know, a couple of weeks off <laughs> and then yeah, we'll yeah, go yeah. Do like that's, we realize that that's what we want to do. <laughs> you know that's how we yeah. want to do it you just learn to be smarter about it and you know you get new people along the way you know better management better this better that improving everything along the way so by the time that we got to deep purple you know we you know we had a vehicle that had bunks in it so we could sleep comfortably and you know things like that change everything you know that was like the dynamics are us. way different <laughs> yeah three years of us touring you know in our van you know and doing the whole all that stuff you know the paying our dues so to speak and we definitely did you know and i'm proud that we that we did it that way and and we learned and i think that's the cool part is like um 
I think we're in a really good place because I feel like I'd much rather people's first impressions be what they're going to see going forward than what we were. Cause you know, we were still kind of learning things and we're always still learning, but I'm saying, but I think now we, we understand aspects of it that we totally had no grasp of prior. Yeah. When you're talking about learning experiences, I was curious, you, you went out with a band that's been in the business a long time, Buck Cherry, but you also went out with two very iconic figures, obviously slash, but I'm more interested in, and what a band like yours can learn from a band like Deep Purple, who's been, who started much like you, probably in like 69, 68. Yeah. Same kind of sound kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then expanded it by adding a little bit more. But what, what is learned and what any great stories from that tour? Cause I think I ran into you guys somewhere along the road in 2019. And I was, I didn't really get a chance to sit down and talk with you about it. Yeah, you definitely did. Um, uh, you and, and like, so many other people uh but uh learning from deep purple i mean it, it's a class thing you know they just had so much they're like they're like royal you know they just have this they just have this mastery of their craft you know mm -hmm. a guy like ian gillen who i had more than a few moments with which and i will cherish those for the rest of my life you know um to pretty much meet like if there was like a you know a mega rush more of like singers like he's he's in that conversation you know and and he he's a true master and watching him every night you know you can tell him like this guy's done this so much to the point where it is effortless he's older and the notes are harder to hit and yeah. stuff like that but he goes for it and and he has this this confidence and this there's, there's not a shred of insecurity. He just, it's completely sh shedded of that. He's just completely focused. And mm -hmm. you look at how studious they are how, and how perfect perfectionists, you know, like, and they're really doing it like at a level that is not expected of, especially, you know, the, you know, people think of people in, you know, their late sixties and early seventies, like to be like, you know, useless people sitting in benches and whatever. And like, which is, you know, super ageist or whatever, but like, yeah, you know, but these guys are up there just crushing it and doing the thing, you know, and getting to know them and, you know, getting to have small conversations about music with Ian and him telling me about, you know, you know, don't do drugs and don't drink. You know, it's like that. <laughs> okay, know. Ian, sure. Yeah, well, you know, he's just like, he said, how old are you? And I was like, everybody asked, how old are you? And I said, I'm 25. And he says, yourself a favor remember 25 yeah I, I was thinking too that everyone in your band glade uh, you know robert blake and, and greg all learned from the players whether it be steve morris or roger glover or ian pace yeah. i mean there's something to pull from everyone they're not just a they, one man they were band, they were sure. so kind to us you have no idea we were we were blown away at their kindness at their social you know activity with us because you know like, i figure at that point you're like you don't want to hang out with some dumb guys so cal you know these kids you open it up and you know and i remember that they would watch sometimes and and you know getting a nod from them like good stuff you know that was a big deal to me and and i worked my butt off on that tour because those crowds did not give a shit about us i'll tell you what though just from my perspective is that a band like deep purple taking you guys out is actually something that's great for them because it makes them have to rise to the challenge of trying to keep up with a younger very enthusiastic band 
They don't I mean, have to. They don't have to prove it to anyone. But to them inside, I can imagine it's like, hey, we don't want to let these young Turks up, <laughs> I don't, upstage I don't think ever. I don't think that's the energy that uh, that was there. I think it was very much like, I think they were, they definitely thought what we were doing was good and they, and if they appreciated mm -hmm. our, our effort and whatever. Sure. I mean, I talked to the crew and whatever, and they all thought I was a psychopath and, you know, <laughs> I was always just trying to put on a show. And that was the main thing I told you is like, mm -hmm. because, you know, the hardest thing, like rarely do you watch a set and then you were in like one song you or like you remember a song like its name and how it went like the first time you hear it like it's not it's like especially in a live venue where it's loud and boomy and you know so it's like this whole thing where someone a long time ago was like you know if you want like i want them to see how great the rest of my guys are and and the and what we actually do you know how we feel about what we do and i do the, i would perform that way because I was like, okay, I'll get you invested and then you can see everything else because I only get 30 minutes, mm -hmm. sometimes yeah, less. The ringmaster. You, you know, and I really have to, and again, on the Deep Purple Tour, it was probably peak me going nuts every night. It was just like putting my body through as much pain as I probably could put it through and just kind of, you know, counting the bruises all over my leg, my back. And, and uh you know my wrists and breaking the bottom of my foot and like really just i mean i'd leap off the stage no matter how high it was and and run through the crowd and you know do handstands on chairs that were empty and just just to just pretty much be like i don't care if you don't like it you're gonna remember it and sure, and that sure that's this the revolving thing that's what was always in my mind and yeah, I mean, the energy from Deep Purple was very much like of, of a, they were happy to have us. And that's what it felt like. They were, you know, and it was very, very cool. I mean, they went up there and the crowd's there for them. They don't have to work, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. you know, when smoke on the water comes on, you're forgotten pretty quickly, you know? Yeah, but you know what? At, at some point they were you guys and they understand yeah. that. I think they most definitely did. Steve Steve Morris and actually brought Blake up. We you know we gotta post this video. I don't know why we haven't, but he called Blake up, and the Blake got to play "Smoke on the Water" with Deep Purple on at the very last show. And I remember watching that, and it's like you know suddenly I'm thrown back to the moment of meeting some kid at Guitar Center in the acoustic room, and I'm like, that's that guy. That's my guy right there. My fucking guy up there, you know. That's dope. Yeah. And you're just, you're, you're, you're setting them up, man. I'm just going to knock them down. So I wanted to talk about Guitar Center because I read that. Uh, yeah. I, I was like, because I mean, dude, you said you're 20. How old are you now? 27 then or something? 25? Uh, 26. Okay. So um, I'm 37 and uh, I started to do the touring band thing when I was, uh, I just call it 19 for all intents and purposes, been in and out of it. But in my small town, which is very different. Uh, than um, uh, Orange County, it's Port Huron, Michigan. It's uh, nobody, nobody cares. There was no, no music centers like that. So I would have to drive about an hour to the guitar center. And when I get there, I was massively like um, overwhelmed and super shy. But all I wanted to do was like play around with pedals. And I met this kid who ended up, long story short, 
being a, a band member of mine through this same exact scenario. He was from a, a small town. When you guys were you more one of you working at Guitar Center or were you just both? Ha OK, so same story. So happenstance well, in there jamming or well, what? Here, well, here's the thing that's that's that we always, you know, every time something comes up, like we'd always, we always end up talking about how weird it really is. It's like because we were together for all of maybe 15 minutes. And he didn't, he doesn't even live in my part of town. And I was only over there. I don't even live in that part of town. I, I was over there because I was with my old band that I was in at the time. And we were just in Guitar Center, just killing time on like, you know, summer afternoon or like spring afternoon. I'm not, I actually don't really remember exactly what month it was. But um, yeah, I, it was the noise pollution out of Guitar Center. And this one's at a mall. <laughs> So no one's in their box and it's just kids off the street, you know, it, it just sounded like, you know, like stairway yeah, all day, yeah, 40, 40 dudes playing stairway all in different tunings. Um, uh, my nightmare, by the way, I'm just sorry. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't. I remember being like my, I, we just had practice and I was like, ugh, you know, so I remember I, I just went into the acoustic room and I was the only one in there and it was dead silent. And I was like, oh, beautiful. I'm sitting down plucking at a guitar string and I would always bring a, uh, a tuner with me to Guitar Center because I just liked having my guitar in tune and Guitar Center has a kind of reputation of not having any guitars in tune. Um, so this guy comes in you know, and I spot check him and I just see he's this dude with the crazy blonde hair, like all over the place. And I'm like, oh, all right, go back to what I'm doing. And he's trying to tune this resonator guitar and it's not going well. And I was like, hey, man, catch. And I threw him a tuner. He tuned the guitar up. I was like, you want to jam? And he's like, sure. And we played a little bit of Born on the Bayou um just for fun i don't even know why i chose that song i was like you know you know ccr you know yeah um and he was like hey you're a good singer and i was like thanks i, I appreciate it. he's like uh you're in a band i'm like yeah I said, do you need a guitar player and i was like no i already <laughs> have two in, in there but something in my something it's like one of those things i was like you know but hey here add me on facebook or whatever add me on Give me your phone number. Maybe if I ever do anything else, maybe I'll call you. If anything happens, he's like, "Yeah, sure." And then six months later, uh, you know, I start. I was thinking I, start, I dropped out of college, and I called up drummer Robert, and I was like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And he said, "I'll call you back," because he was considering quitting music at that point. And then a couple of minutes later, he called me back and was like, "All right, sure." <laughs> And I was like, he's like, do you have a guitar player? Or do, you have a, do you have a bass player? And I was like, uh, I got this guy. I don't really know how uh, how he plays really, but I, I met him once. And Rob was like, what? That's like, you don't even heard him play? And I was like, I, I just have a feeling about him. And then I actually got to see like some videos that Blake had posted online where he's just absolutely shredding the hell out of the guitar. And I was like, I guess I have good instincts. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'll take credit. I discovered Blake Allard. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but fuck yeah! So we had our first rehearsal, and Greg joined shortly later, and he had been playing with Robert since high school, and it it all just that was it. That was all she wrote, dude. That's so cool. 
that's so happenstancely cool and so annoying that that you that like you were in that space uh and like it worked out for you just as a dude who's like very rarely do you ever hear that story i'm like oh that's cool so like that can really fucking go down (laughs) congratulations no it's great man yeah it's i think it's strange all the time you know like i met robert when i was on my first day of student orientation for middle school wow you know he just happened to be sitting behind me because of the alphabet (laughs) and and he and i just yep yep became a friend and he was the first guy that i ever knew that had a drum set and I remember one time there was a battle of the bands. This is always my favorite story to tell. It was a battle of the bands, and me and Robert were already critiquing these <laughs> these middle school bands playing. We're like, God, this sucks, you know, ruining our lunch. And I was like, I could do better than that. And I stood up on this little wall that we'd prop ourselves up against. And I was like, Everyone, I'm going to be the best singer ever, you know, boastful young Nick. And I didn't know how to sing, but they're like, You can't sing. You can't do that. And they're all kind of shitting on me a little bit. And, and I was like, and Robert's going to be my drummer because Robert was the only <laughs> Robert had received a drum set like months earlier <laughs> and he was the only drummer I do. So I was like, and Robert will be <laughs> and I Robert, Robert was being like, what? <laughs> but I, do, I, I do remember Rob being like, nah, man, like, yeah, Nick, you could do it. You know, he was super supportive. I remember that. It was like, thing like that 15 years 15 years later those naysayers in class are now calling you looking for tickets so that's actually happened and that uh, yeah. in the past, uh, 2019 that actually happened really for the first time and i was like <laughs> yeah. sorry sorry Poor i was out. like you're like, you're like greg you owe me a dollar 50 from back yeah. in the day. <laughs> lunch money <laughs> yeah no, that's awesome like, it's like, yeah, yeah, maybe I can get some tickets. I'm like, yeah, you can get them online. They're $10. <laughs> hey, Here's Nick, the link. Nick, Nick, in your formative years, did you have any music training? Were you like uh, someone who picked up piano young or guitar or class I, I start, lessons? I can bang on a guitar. I'm not a guitar player. I'm a strummer. If someone says, hey, Nick, can you play guitar? I'm like, I can strum one. <laughs> um, I got one right here, actually. Uh, but. Yeah, I can, I can, I learned guitar just so that I could have something to sing to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but not, no real musical training up until recently. I've taken some, I've worked with a vocal instructor named Melissa Cross and she's changed everything for me. Some yeah. So Melissa is awesome. Oh, okay. You're familiar with that. I mean, I'm just going to say like next, I'm sure you went through the, the same exact, just to, to compound on that, like you probably realize a lot of different things about your body, not just your vocal cords. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just doing it long enough. Like I, I, I it's weird. I always tell people like, I feel muscles in my skull, like in my yeah. throat and in my ears and stuff that I didn't before, but I can like, I can tweak and move around and she broke it down scientifically and she really adjusted it. Like she went and watched like a bunch of videos of me singing on YouTube and whatever. And she made, pretty much the call of like okay this is how i've i've narrowed it down exactly for you and what to work for you i think what was funny is like she's like the zen of screaming you know she teaches people how to scream without hurting themselves and then all of a sudden i come to her and i'm like i want to learn how to sing and she's yeah. like oh you know and uh i think that was different for her at least in, in for the majority of the time and i think she's actually quite uh quite happy with it because we made a lot of progress and and she's seen that and she's very proud of me and it makes me happy 
That's great. Did, uh, I love that. did that training with her and her instruction, did that help as far as developing this? Does this change now that you guys are going to apply to your to your your music with, with the new album? I think musically, like, I mean, we're still the same band. We're still a rock band, you know, at, at sure. our core. So it's like, uh, it's not like we're, again, it's not like we're making, a, you know, the Afro-funk <laughs> stuff. No, just, just more so in the way that you're going to approach your vocals, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, musically, uh, I think we were going there anyways. I think there's already, you could already kind of see there's subtle changes on, like, if you look at like our first two tracks, which is like our cover of Mississippi Queen and then Slow Hand. And then, you know, there's more of that on the EP, but there's also some slightly different things like Feel Below, like you brought up, which was an adventure into something different, into a different sort of spectrum. And we kind of want to be a band that will do anything. You know, we're, we're inspired by, you know, bands like led zeppelin in the way that they kind of did whatever you know mm -hmm. it didn't always have to be the immigrant song or black dog it could be you know a uh, hot dog or, or uh, uh you know going to california it could, it could be anything and that's kind of mm -hmm. the, the the zen that we picked up uh uh so yeah vocally it just made me better it just made me stronger and it made me feel confident in my and my just myself i guess that's huge i mean standing up straight is like uh like the uh, like i'm not doing it right now but i'm assuming i i did some classes with with her as well but i realized i don't know if this happened to you at all but like I would be doing weird shit in public after that. And I didn't realize I was doing it. Like, cause I do, I, I would start to feel like these things that weren't really being like utilized before, but it supported like everything else. Everything felt easier to do it. As long as I kept my back straight and I did this. And so I'm like eating dinner with my girlfriend, you know, at some fucking restaurant. Here I am going. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I can feel this weird thing. Can you feel that? Watch me. Ah, ah. I'm just making noises, showing her, you know, that sort of shit. It, it really did change, like, just my whole output on my physical human nature. Uh, yeah, I, I think she just helped me. I mean, the it's funny. Like, I was on tour. If you look at, like, the first shows of the tour, um, compared to my last shows of the tour, I mean, obviously, there's, there's wear and tear, you know, especially because of the... The, the amount of shows we played, but I, I was just, um, I was, I was singing incorrectly and it was making me, uh, you know, it was making my voice tired faster. And so she pretty much showed me how to regulate that because for the most part, she told me my form was pretty good. I sing with my diaphragm, you know, I know how to do that. And, but she just kind of made it, um, she just made it simpler she just you know, i've been to some vocal teachers before and it was always okay let's start doing scales she was the first person to really like analyze me as an individual because that's what i required of her i was like i just want i want to i want to clean myself up a little bit and she helped me achieve that and i'm still working on that and hopefully I just keep getting better great great stuff man hey you were talking about being adventurous you you, you referenced Zeppelin as far as that now let me ask you there's obviously with the way the industry is now and with spotify and everything there's this new paradigm as far as like fans ex kind of exploring more of your catalog and being a little bit more open-minded do, do platforms like spotify allow a band like you not to be pigeonholed anymore and you can kind of venture out and 
create your Ze- Zeppelin three and things like that? I mean, again, I use Zeppelin very loosely. I just mean that you know, go turning in any corner kind of thing. I mean, you could use other bands too, like bands like sure, Police of course, of course. But I just want to use something that the audience could could kind of yeah, grasp. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if I'm qualified to answer that question. I have a very mixed feelings with Spotify. Um. As I think most artists do, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for giving us a place to put our stuff, but you know, you you, you could pay us more. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, of course. But I was just maybe maybe speaking about the sense that it allows you to kind of create this freedom because the audience now is free to search this massive landscape of different kinds of music. Yeah, and- I, I mean, I think that there's definitely an opportunity for that, but I'm not entire. I haven't heard too much of. I don't. I don't know. I have never actually thought about it. To be, to be honest with you. I still think the number one way of doing that is playing. I mean, I remember getting into arguments with people years ago, <sighs> telling me that I would never get X X X without like a hundred thousand, uh, you know, followers on social media. I'll never get any of these things if I don't have this stuff. And then I went, you know, with Joyce Wolf, and we got all the things that they said we wouldn't get. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and I and again, I just realized, you know, like how we've made a mark and how we've stayed in this conversation in new rock is like, we didn't have a record up until 2019. So before that we had already made ourselves, you know, we put ourselves out there, you know, people were, were learning about us and it was all because of our live show. And, you know, everything that we built was just the fact that we were a good live band. And mm-hmm. that was our most important focus, you know? And again, when we released music, it was more of a necessity for the first time with place and time because it was like now we have something to provide in the other realm and now it's getting to the point okay now we want to do an entire like event we want to do this whole thing you know this we want to we want to do a real record a real a real album you know as opposed to just a collection of songs yeah i wanted to ask you about because justin you mentioned this and i think there's a perfect example of how it does work for and against you uh as you said Nick, uh, you Odyssey, right? That's your pigeon. That's your that's your pivot. Back in the day, before these DSPs would exist, that wouldn't even be an option on the table, especially when you're dealing with a label like uh, Roadrunner, unless the song was and not to say the song isn't great, but unless the song was just like it's here and now, and if we don't move, it, you know, like then this won't happen, right? So A, B, C, right? This way, in this day and age, there's no pressure. Uh, to do like a few songs and then follow it up how you'd like. And I, I use this artist Bishop Briggs as a great example of how it worked out for her career uh, simply by using the ABC thing. Only one full, uh, in this story, there was only one full record before her last record. But before that was an EP and singles, of which that full length had, of all those EP, that one EP and singles had about 70% of the 12 songs that were on it were already released. And then she added a few new ones, which essentially just would have been an EP where they all coagulatedly put together as one fluid book. Absolutely not. But she set herself up to do things like uh, play the late night show with two songs out. Right. And she just created this, this area before she even goes out and does what you or I would do, which is getting in the van and touring and playing to like, you know, if we're not on a support tour on our headlining tour, a few people, a couple hundred at the best, you know, when you were talking about the early stages where she two songs out. Now she's selling rooms out and prefacing 
what 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 will come. So in that set, in that case, the DSPs, like the idea of how she was able to create her own story, works. But the fluidity of it is not there. Like a like a like when you're ready to make a a book, an album, you know. Yeah, I mean, we we've released compilations too. Like again, like the Mother Rebel EP was strictly just because of Mother Rebel's radio success, and yeah. And it was cool, you know, and it was cool to, to play off of that and give Mother Rebel its due because that's one of our older tracks and see it, it, it just, it was a, it was a confident thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, that's really cool. Uh, the song that we've had forever that we always thought was good, that we wanted to be the original single anyways, yeah. um, ended up going and doing that, which was fantastic and yeah. really, really made us happy. It really cheered us the hell up. Um, it, we we needed that, and yeah. Now we get played. We're played on KLOS every day. I hear it. People text me about it. I'll be in the car sometimes, and I'll turn the car on, and you know it's the station, the resting station. So I turn it on, and there's my song, and I'm like, wow, that's I, today's better now. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I just thought about. I mean, and I'm assuming you know, like in your in a perfect world, rebel. This song would have been your your single if you had your choice and this would have all been achieved way earlier right but it never well, works out that way i mean i mean not even i mean i'm, I'm such a now I'm a, I'm a here and now kind of person um you know and i'm always working about and thinking about okay what what today brings so i'm like you know what maybe it just wasn't the time and this is and this what and i think of it like that like it happened this way i mean i think everything's pretty random as far as that and i'm like you know what this was this is this happened and this is what this is what it, it is and that that's the life of this song and I like that it has such a longevity to it and I, I feel I see that that being a song that's pretty important probably forever now it'll always be the one that did the thing you know for the first time that didn't get away <laughs> yeah and you know that's why I'm like you know uh, for like our song obviously or whatever you know it was released during a pretty ridiculous time and you know the song is there if you know if, if people pick up on it more later then, then I'm happy about it but as of right now it's just kind of like okay well everything we've done like I just want to beat it a hundred times over and you know we were writing you know the moment the EP was out you know we were writing on the road. It, we just and we pretty much went through everything that we had recorded on our phones for like the last three years, like earlier this year, and or I guess the or late last year, and started picking, you know, probably through like I mean hundreds of, of little sound bites, and you know, picking fifty that we liked, and then working on all of them and, and seeing what happened. And now we've gotten to this point where we have an extensive body of work and. It's almost done. It's it's almost time to to go into the next stage of it, and you know that's all we've ever wanted as a band, and this is really important to us because we're not going to slack off. Like this is going to be something that shows that we are not just some little band from SoCal that got lucky. You know, yeah, we work uh, yeah. hard for what we do. Yeah. You know, right now, uh, no one has a crystal ball, but timing seems to be everything. And Chad and I have spent a lot of episodes talking to bands who've put records out beginning of last year, mid-year, and now they're kind of sitting on them. And, you know, obviously you want to get core of those. Right now, what you guys have going on might be pretty much hitting it right on the nugget. 
is that getting the album out and then hopefully by that time we'll have some sort of opening in in the tour business yeah i mean i think i think that's gonna really decide a lot as far as uh on one second i let my dog out of the room <laughs> is it a pee or a poop do you think i don't know he's, he's off to do whatever he's gonna do <laughs> he's just going to work yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> i was saying though was uh sorry where was i what was i saying we were talking about uh the album coming out hopefully at a time oh, you yeah, guys yeah. can go right into yeah. touring yeah yeah i mean uh, touring again what i've heard is the fall that's when we're going to start to see shows you know resume um mm -hmm. like in a big way and I'm hoping for that, you know, and um, until then, you know, <laughs> but uh, I, I think for us, it's like we don't want to release this entire record until we know we can support it. Like, yeah, I, I did. Find, I did find it kind of weird that that some bands decided to release it during like the middle of the pandemic. And because I was like, that's just that's just I don't know. To me, it's like suicide. I'd rather wait until I can actually go and work this you know and spend all this time and effort and you know tears <laughs> trying to get this thing to fly just to let it sit under the radar because everything's closed down like i'm gonna you know so i think uh it, at the earliest 20 late 2021 20, you know late late fall at the earliest and at the latest probably next spring like the spring after the coming one okay so the festivals i'm seeing on your your eyes uh, because i did I said you have two download dates and then something in, in Norway, right? And then something here in Michigan. Uh, leave it up to Michigan to be uh, ready to pull the punch in July. <laughs> um, but as uh, as that stands, are you guys just going over there just as one-offs and probably not doing uh, the whole European connection thing? It all depends. It really depends. Right. I mean, okay. we won't know about that until we get way closer, you know, because so much is happening right now with, you know, all of that yeah. and yeah. things are looking better though you know i i feel i see the light i always tell people i'm telling my friends like i see the light man i see it and they're like let me take your temperature yeah <laughs> um hey, you, uh, i want to ask one on the live tip real quick while we're talking about it i saw that you did go up with dates in december in uh, 2020 and though i'm assuming obviously because I saw, I saw as you know, I'm a talent buyer in, here in detroit so constantly in those conversations and they were like texas is going to do dates Florida's going to do dates. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Like it doesn't, but it does. And I can see why anybody would be capitalizing in that moment. Like, Oh, if you're open, let's fucking do it. Right. But I was curious on both for the podcast and for my selfish self, why did they go away and be, did you really want to do them? Or was it just like, okay, uh, I'll let you take it from there. Uh, well, yes and no, of course I wanted to. Of course, I right. wanted to. Um, sorry, one second. Um, of course, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to play again. I mean, there was no, there's nothing on this earth that I love more than that. You know, that yeah. nothing I love more than than to go back to my life. You know, but you know, we just couldn't live with it. We couldn't like uh, you know the moment that we were like it was a prospect and it was possible. We were like. So we were, we were uneasy about it. Yeah. And 
we're like we, we couldn't live with the fact that if somebody got sick at one of our shows someone got hurt like we couldn't live with that you know Good on you we just couldn't yeah and yeah. again i'm not judging anyone who did take that because i get it you know especially when you're a musician who has no money you know like yeah you know or you know you, you're hurting like that you know it's like it's tough you know and that's a big deal really it really is and yeah i i i just remember like initially like right after we like announced or whatever i just remember all of us kind of feeling really not good about it and that's why everything kind of we're like you know what it's just let's just go write this album yeah and for those that are listening we're talking about indoor shows we're not like this this isn't a drive-in or a pod situation that you're seeing happening around like um and i saw it too and i was like because i mean i heard about heard about those states in particular and i was like i don't exactly do you get get i just don't know how on my side how i could be in that room with my fans that came out right during the period and then one of them gets sick because it's to their grandpa and they die i'm gonna think about that forever um and that's to say that like that would happen but it's a hard thing to not juggle if we were outside different right that was that was more important that was more important than us playing some gigs you know yeah yeah yeah. A, a million times more important and you know, it was, it, it was, it was, it was not going to happen from the moment that like anyone thought it was. Yeah, good thinking. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, and, really, and let's see how it goes. You know, yeah. Good. Hey, Nick, Nick, yeah, you mentioned made, being. Yeah, made, I'm made sorry. Yeah, Nick, you you mentioned being on the radar. Well, you came on the radar of a lot of us when you did Ship Rock for the first time, and and you you obviously you guys came back. We we love to know about your experience and uh, with with Ship Rock and and the people who have joined us, the Ship Rockers, and just kind of give us a, a brief. Uh, it, it, your take it was on it. wonderful. It was wonderful because we were just no one, and. I remember we had that first time we had like six different performances. They're like, okay, you're gonna do an acoustic at the pre-party. You're gonna, you're gonna do this. You're gonna be part of Stowaways. You're gonna do that. You're gonna do that. And I was like, I got this. And my voice was just shredded by the end of it because I was talking to people. I'm, I'm a social, you know, and I loved. And my whole thing was like, I want everybody on again. I want everyone to remember me. And I'm like, I'm trapped on this boat with all these people. They can't run away from me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I don't know if you noticed about me, but I, I, I will take a photo with everybody I meet on tour, mm-hmm. a little selfie of me and that person. And I did that every single show up until the last shows we did at the beginning of, of 2020. Uh, because I just, I don't know, like, I, I just wanted to remember everybody. And I did that on Ship Rock, and I did that on the last Ship Rock that I was on at the beginning of 2020. Um, I just like meeting people and I like, uh, I like, I, I just like that energy. I don't know. I like talking. I love getting perspective and even if it's nothing like mine, you know, um, and ship pretty much gave us an opportunity to be in front of a lot of really passionate people. And those people, you know, gave us places to sleep on the road and, they would feed us and bring us stuff, give us gifts and all these wonderful, nice people. Yeah. Um, that being said, I also witnessed a lot of questionable things on ship rock. Uh, 
a, a, a good friend of mine who was on the first one can vouch for me. Uh, uh, Sydney Dolezal from uh, Dollskin and I witnessed quite an interesting moment <laughs> on Shiprock um, of uh, very late at night and some public nudity in the lobby. <laughs> that was something. <laughs> I don't want to go into detail. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be the same without it. So, yeah. But you mentioned uh, taking photos and talking to everyone. That gives you a lot of legs and are, makes you very endearing, endeared to, to these people. And as you said, it, it kind of pays off when you're on the road and they come to your shows and they, they help you out as far as giving you lodging and food. So, yeah. Well, thanks for giving us your, uh, your take on that. Obviously, we will see uh, uh, Joyous Wolf again on the deck stage at some point. So, yeah. I mean, hopefully the next time I'm there, it's when we get to be the, the main band. That's what I want. If we're going to do that again, I want to be, I want to be the, the hailstorm. You know, that's what I want. <laughs> All right. Well, so you're, you're going to have a lot of, you're going to have to get a, a new SD card, but you're going to fill up those, those camera SDs. <laughs> those camera photos are going to be so large. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, I mean, I, I have them all backed up. I have every photo I've ever taken with a fan since 2017 when we started That's reviewing great. our tour. That'd be a I great that. book. That'd be a great like photo book. I have them. They're in the in my the other room here. Yeah, um, like a good hardback. That'd be fun. I print, print, no, I print them out. I have a because yeah. what I do is at the end of every run, I would take every collage I made because I would post the collage of every show every night on our story yeah. on Instagram, and I take all of them and then I turn that into a big collage. And I was hoping for like the five year anniversary, I would get every single one that I ever took, every collage that I made, and then, you know, blow it up to like a painting around this size and then just put it in my house. <laughs> yeah. And be a Where's Waldo. Awesome. Yeah. Um, listen, we like to usually end these with a thing called Walk the Plank. We ask you three questions one from Chad, one from myself, and then one from uh, one of the ship rockers that they post to us. And they're just random questions. Probably usually never do with music either. So, uh, just give your uh, whatever answer comes in your mind. So, Chad, you want to begin that? Yeah, I, I I was looking through all my questions and while we were talking, trying to find the right one. And I don't know if I've if I found the the right one, but uh, I'm gonna ask. Um, so, if you could take a lesson from any expert in any activity ever, what would that activity be that you would take a lesson in? I would love Gordon Ramsay to teach me how to cook. That's hot shit. All right. Yeah. Do you know how to cook at all? I do. PB, PB and J in mac no, and cheese no, no. like I, me? I, I, can oh. do I, can, I can throw down, man. All right. I'll come on over. See you later. <laughs> That's good. That's a good answer. All right, Nick. My question is this. Your druthers, would you uh, rather have no one show up to your wedding or your funeral? Uh, wedding. <laughs> so you want to be present to watch to watch the literal uh, guest check in number zero? You're like, all right, well, yeah, nobody wants this. Well, to we're gonna have to ask the wife to be whoever that may be about that. <laughs> well, I'm still yeah. Obviously, this is a fantasy world, but of course, of course. <laughs> in, my, in my in my defense, what I'll say is a wedding is about she and I. Mm. Funeral's about me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, well, well played. Well played. 
All right, Chad, you want you want to bring in the fans' uh, question to Nick on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I would assume that you know what your astronomical, <laughs> astronomical, you know what your sign is, bro, right? Uh, so, do you think that you possess any anything? Uh, that, well, the sign is like, what sign are you, and are you like that sign in any way? I am a, I am a Libra, and there have been many times where I'll read descriptions of Libras and feel uncomfortable because I'm like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite one was this meme. It was like it was like you know one of those be like memes, like Libras be like, and it's like, are you cool? If you're cool, I'm cool. Like if you're not cool, I'm still cool. But if we're you're cool, I'm cool, and that's pretty much. <laughs> that's great. I'm a Leo, and I read it every time, and I'm like, oh, that sounds really I mean, aggressive to generalities. me. I don't think there's any actual like shit to it. I know some people that swear by it, and I'm like, look, guys. <laughs> it sounds very Libra of you. <laughs> Dude, uh, there's actually a really funny stories like and I'm glad I would be glad to uh put this out into the world. Anyone who watches this, uh Greg, Blake, and Rob are all Geminis. So uh if you go on their social media, uh make sure to call them Geminis. Like say you're such a Gemini and it'll trigger them so hard. Please do it for me. I love you. Goodbye. Isn't that oh the twin thing where the like that isn't that like a twin symbol? I think that's the Gemini. Isn't that, yeah, I think so. Yeah. What's the Libra's like go with the flow kind of thing? I'm the the balance, the scale. Oh, yeah, the calm in the storm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the so scale, weird. dude. Yeah, you that's, that's right. That's great. They well, thank you for the answers to walk the plank. Um, Nick, we've had you for an hour, man. We can't thank you enough for your time. And uh I know you guys are working on this album. We look forward to it. Anyone out there checking it out, uh, you can still check out all the stuff they have out. Um uh, Pretty much wherever you get streaming services, but better yet, go buy hard physical copies of their product. Google they find uh, Joyous you? Wolf and you will find us. <laughs> so is it joyouswolf.com where they can go to pick up apparel and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we uh, actually just uh, released some new merch items. You can get like hoodies, t-shirts, beanies. Cool. All right. Well, you know what? It's still winter for a while, so grab those while you can, guys. Um, look, Nick, again, man, thank you again. Thank you for being part of the Sherbuck family. and. Uh, Thanks for giving us your time, man. Good luck with everything in this year. No worries. Thanks for thanks yeah. for having me. Ship Rock 2022, January. We're leaving out of Galveston and we're heading back to Mexico. So uh cabins are still available. Go to shiprock.com to pick those up. And you can also go to shiprock.com to pick up some of our new swag. And believe it or not, I are we still Chad? Did you remember? Do we still have any of the fuck 2020 shirts? I think there's like three left. Three left. Get the those. Last time I counted physically. EM large and extra large. We have one of each. So go and pick those up, guys. Listen, you've been uh, you spend time with Making Waves. We are the Ship Rocks podcast. We are part of the Sound Talent Media podcast family. And before we leave, we have to thank Al, our uh, our producer, Jen Zito, you, our Al. engineer, Heather Thanks, Smith, Al. our show coordinator, and of course the captain, you, Alan Canning. Al. Al, I'm your biggest fan, Al. There you go, Al, Nick, and you guys, you guys should get together, hang out, talk. Scissor. You should scissor. That's right. Scissor Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, have a great weekend. You too, y'all. Peace and love. All right. See ya. Good to see you, man.
Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.